Okay, so chapter 17 here is about uh, the properties of stars relating to uh, the brightness and the color and uh, the spectra. So with the brightness of stars, uh, what you need to know is what the word luminosity means um, and uh, how that relates to um, the brightness of the star. And for example, we usually describe the luminosity of a star in terms of the sun. So for example, Sirius is 25 times brighter than the sun, so we write that as 25 times the luminosity of the sun. Apparent brightness is how bright something appears uh, in the sky to us, uh, which is a function of its distance. So it could have one luminosity, but if it's close, it's going to be uh, bright. If it's far away, it's going to be dim. That has nothing to do with how bright it really is. It's really a function of its distance. So we call that apparent brightness. And then the magnitude scale is how we measure apparent brightness. Um, so uh, the, the smaller the number, the brighter the star. Um, so uh, it can even go negative. The sun is like minus, you know, minus 20 or something like that. Um, uh, minus 26.8. Venus is minus 4 when it's bright in the evening sky. Um, the brightest stars are, you know, 1 to 6 that you can see. <coughs> oh, man, excuse me. I was trying not to sneeze. Okay, um, 0 to 6 is uh, what you can see with your naked eye. Above six, really can't see it. So there's a table here that shows you um, that, that level six and bigger numbers there are too dim to see. And the Hubble Space Telescope can only see to magnitude uh, 30. Uh, skip the example here. And then 17.2, colors of stars. So there's a nice beautiful picture here of a star cluster, all the different colors there, red, blue, yellow. That relates to the temperature, okay? So you gotta understand that effect, and you can see that the bluer stars have higher temperatures, and there's a couple examples here in that table. Um, uh, you should know a little bit about the color indices. You don't really have to know what the BV index is, but it's just telling you the percentage of the color um, of each, uh, how much of each color is in the star. Something astronomers use all the time. Um, the spectra of stars and brown dwarfs so this just gives you an idea of uh, um, what you should expect when you look at a star and you should see a um, um, distribution of uh, colors. And uh, let's see, figure 17.5 is an important figure. It shows the, um, as you go to a, a higher temperature star, you see different elements that are the, the brightest. Um, so in a star like the sun, it's going to be, um, uh, hydrogen is going to be very present. Um, if you keep going uh, to a very high mass star, you're already getting into helium. Um, there's enough energy there to ionize the helium. So you see very bright helium lines in the very uh, bright stars. Um, so there's a table here, the OBAFGKM, and then the LTYs at the bottom, which we don't really talk about, um, brown dwarfs and stuff, um, but um, anyway, what you really need to know here is this spectra, and then figure 17.6 shows you uh, these are absorption spectra of stars, and it's absorption because um, uh, you see a rainbow of colors, but you see some lines missing. Those lines missing are being absorbed by the atmosphere of the, of the sun. And so it shows you um, 
what you'd expect to see and how they're different when you go from an O-type star to an M-type star. You can see the O-type stars at the very top have mostly blue and not as much red. As you go down to the colder stars, you see the red gets intensified and the blue gets decreased. And so that's what makes a, uh, a blue star, a bright hot star blue and a cold uh, star red is this shifting here. Um, then it goes into classifying the stars here. Um, and there's a nice little story here about Annie Cannon about classifying stars. Uh, nice story, read that. Um, then it talks a little bit about brown dwarfs, which are basically failed stars. Um, if Jupiter was a little bit bigger, it would be a brown dwarf. It was about 80 times bigger, it would be a star. Uh, so this just gives you that idea there. Um, the abundances of the elements. This is an important chapter to read. Just make sure you understand that uh, we can measure what's inside of a star uh, by looking at its light. Uh, and then there's a little thing here on the Doppler shift that when the a star is... Uh, moving towards us, we get a little bit of a red shift. When it's moving away from us, we get a little, a little bit of a blue shift. So we use that to our advantage. Um, proper motion, you can skip that. It's a nice little piece of information. You should know that um, stars actually move on the sky. Um, so we don't really notice that over our lifetime, but they definitely move. Um, so uh, uh, anyway, that's called the uh, proper motion compared to um, what we see them as we move throughout the year that's different than uh, their actual motion as they're moving around through space it's just very slow because they're very big and very far away all right and then we got a couple of um, things about rotation here which has to do with that uh, redshift and blue shift if something's rotating or not which they're going to announce probably a picture of a black hole tomorrow so this is related to that rotating black holes cause a redshift and a blue shift um, Okay, continuing on. Um, that's the end of chapter 17. Have fun. Bye.